Michigan Tech has a long-standing tradition. This is Father Ben Hass, the pastor of St. Albert's, the Catholic student parish that serves Michigan Tech University. Um, so winters are long up here, and there's lots of snow, uh, 200, 300, even more. Well, you know, close to 400 inches happens sometimes. And uh, some years ago, uh, the idea arose of, of trying to build a chapel out of snow and ice. Since that first chapel was built eight years ago, it's become a beloved annual tradition. Every year during the winter carnival in Michigan Tech's town of Houghton, hundreds celebrate weekend masses in an ice chapel built by the hands of Michigan Tech students and clergy. You basically work through the night. It's a huge amount of fun. We have lots of food. We stop and have confessions and mass in the middle of it. And then we just keep building. You shovel and you, you flush with water and you iron things with irons and you scrape them with machetes. You know, we work hard here. I'm often exhausted at the end of the day. My whole body hurts every night before I go to bed. And uh, um, but, but I think that the thing that happens in campus ministry here and I think a lot of places is there's just so much opportunity for fun, like for authentic fun, for like, like good, healthy fun, right? Last year, the chapel included colorful stained iced windows, a side altar dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and various inlets and crosses embedded in the snow. It's lit with candles for the evening mass under a star-filled UP sky, and in the daylight, the bright reds, blues, and yellows of the stained ice gleam amidst the all-white snowy backdrop. Its beauty, its singularity, draws students in droves to attend mass. I mean, how often do you get to go to mass in an ice chapel? Since the first year it was built, mass attendance at the Ice Chapel has doubled each year, and every year dozens of students are drawn into regular mass attendance through this original icy encounter. You know, it's, it's that question of enculturation, right? Like, how do we announce the gospel in, in, in specific concrete circumstances? So it's like, you know, here we are in this place. Um, what do people in this place love? What do they do? You know, what motivates them? And Michigan Tech students love Winter Carnival, right? There's something about Father Hass's chapel that seems characteristically uncollege. It's perhaps why it's gone viral in the past few years on news and social media outlets. In a tapestry of religious nuns, the chapel stands as a stubborn fixture proclaiming that faith is alive on college campuses. In the cold bleakness of February, it's something students will devote themselves to, to literally carve a space for God in a locale where he otherwise might seem vacant or unwelcome. In frigid temperatures, it's worth bundling up for and bearing the elements to proclaim. In the desolation of winter, students are drawn to its warmth that comes from the community they've huddled next to on an icy pew, but also from something divine, something holy. And like the warmth of the candles that line their tiny chapel windows, they hold on to its dim light and it's not swallowed up by the darkness of even an enormous upper peninsula sky. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. Thinking about the probability of dying is something that none of us wants to face. No matter what we do, all of us will pass away one day. Preparing now is a great way to help our loved ones during their grieving process and ensure our final wishes are followed. Our caring friends at the Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services can help you. 
visit cfcsdetroit.org or call 734-285-2155. If you've read any of the statistics that have come out in the last five to ten years about college students, their religious attendance and general well-being, things might seem a little grim. College students are less religious and more depressed, anxious and lonely than ever before. The percentage of college students with no religious affiliation has tripled in the last 30 years, and research finds that nearly 70% of students who enter college as professing Christians leave with little to no faith. Peer pressure, the problem of evil and unanswered big questions are all cited as reasons for the numbers. But that's not the whole story. When Bill said, I think it's really powerful, simple tool in terms of thinking about evangelization. This is Father Ben Hass, sharing the philosophy used at his student parish for bringing in students. He's very familiar with the dismal trend for faith life on campuses, but he's not shaken by it because he sees a different reality for the students who make it to his corner of the world, the St. Albert's Chapel, just 50 yards up the hill from campus. The students who make it there have a drastically different college experience than the status quo. The ones who are drawn in are sent out completely different people, people on a mission. Um, And, you know, very, very simplistically, I mean, the idea is that you have to kind of like, you have to win the opportunity you know, to go deeper with someone, you have to get to know them. You have to know your, their name and they have to know your name. There has to be some basis of some degree of trust because there's been a positive shared experience. Um, and, and if that is successful, if you, if you win that chance, as it were, um, then you can build, then you can teach, then you can grow, then you can help people pray. You can grow deeper in relationship with them, um, foster deeper relationships among the group. And then um, that has to then, if it's going to be uh, authentically Christian, it has to issue for in some embrace of the mission, right? We're all called into the mission. Um, we're never meant to be merely recipients, but always protagonists in, in, in the gospel. And so, um, and then students need to be sent forth in the short term, you know, living the mission here on campus, but obviously the big prize is, is equipping them to, to live the mission for the rest of their lives. Today on Detroit Stories, we talk about finding, keeping, and growing your faith in college. Part one, when. So I grew up in a Catholic home, um, but it was kind of like we went to Mass on Sundays. My grandparents were um, the big source of that. and my, my mom was very much the pull for we have to make it to Mass every Sunday. This is Lena Sosen, a fifth-year senior at Grand Valley State University studying physical therapy. But beyond that, I didn't really do much with the faith other than, like I said, go to Mass on Sundays, and that was kind of it. Um, We didn't really talk about the faith outside of church, outside of the prayer that we would have before meals. Um, And I I really didn't know what it meant to be Catholic other than I would receive uh, communion at church every weekend. I really didn't have a strong faith. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind. It was just kind of a, a background characteristic, I guess, for myself. But yeah, so wasn't really raised in the faith. And then I started college, and I was starting to, like, search for, you know, 
kind of try and figure figure it out for myself, essentially. This is Mason Kalinowski, a Grand Valley State University student getting his master's in biomedical sciences. Yeah, so I grew up, my family, um, my both my parents were Catholic, so they they were uh, they went to parochial. My dad went to parochial school. My mom was raised Catholic, and then they got married, and we weren't particularly kind of like fell away. I guess is the best way to put it. Both Lena and Mason were quickly swallowed up by the party culture, and while Mason had never grown up with any practice of going to church, for Lena, it was one of the easier things to let go of. So I didn't start off college at Grand Valley. I went to a community college for two years, and I um, played softball there, which it was a very interesting experience going into college and being on my own and not having my mom to be there to be like, all right, get up, we're going to Mass. It was um, definitely not on the top of my priorities, so I kind of fell off from that. I wasn't going to Mass. I wasn't really doing anything with the church at all. I wouldn't say that I was practicing at all um, at this point. And being in college at the point that I was at with the people that I was at, I was living in a house with 10 other girls on the softball team and just immediately got tossed into that like party culture, college lifestyle those first two years. For Lena, the newness of college, the isolation, being launched from the nest left her grasping for any friends, any community she could fit into. She didn't feel like she was in a place where she could be particular. Growing up, I had a very firm set of friends that I had kind of through middle school and high school. And, um, and then when I got to college, those kind of like fell off. And then I, I gained new friends at college those first few years. Um, and then eventually once I moved on from that community college and I went to Grand Valley, those friends kind of fell off too and I, I didn't really see them that much and we just kind of went separate ways and did different things. Um, so when I got to Grand Valley, I was really just looking for like a, like a community and like people that I could be with and, and I could rely on. Mason also felt the desire for community. And, and I don't know, I just, as you said, it's, it's difficult. It's like a make, like college is like a make or break. And I started realizing like, you know, I don't like how this is this is going, or I don't like like the, the people that I'm surrounding myself with. With they're not like necessarily like the best kind of people, and so I was kind of hoping for that community and that like you know a better place to to, to be. Because I I don't I know the kind of person that I want to be, uh, or the kind of person that I am, the kind of person that I want to be. This left both of them in a place where they were ready to be sought by something other than the loud and persuasive allures of campus life. Something in the isolation led them looking for anyone to reach out. I got to Grand Valley. I didn't really know anyone other than uh, one of my roommates. Um, and even then, I was kind of like, I kind of isolated myself a little bit. Um, and I was just kind of like flying solo for the first few weeks of being on campus. Um, and then they had like a big campus life night where all of the campus um, clubs and uh, sports teams and things like that kind of all met and you could walk around and go to the table and get a flyer. Um, so I decided to go to that. I was by myself um, and I walked into this parking lot where it was being held and the first two people that walked up to me had like Catholic t-shirts on and seeing Catholic, I knew that I was Catholic. So I was like, okay, well maybe this would be something I'm interested in. Um, I've never been in the Bible study before, but I'm sure maybe that'd be maybe that'd be kind of cool. Maybe I could go to Mass every once in a while. Um, and so these two girls came up to me with uh, Laker Catholic t-shirts on, handed me a flyer, and was like, hey, like, we'd love for you to stop by the table. We'd love to get your name. Maybe we could get you involved if you'd like. 
Um, so I ended up putting my number down. The following week, one of the girls contacted her and invited her to Mass that weekend and said, I'd love if you would come join. Um, so I went to Mass, very hesitant by myself. I, I remember I sat in the back corner just kind of hiding behind one of the pillars in the church so nobody would see me. Um, and then after that Mass, I got to talking to some of the other girls that had shown up that were freshmen um, or that were my age that had transferred there and it was their first time at St. Luke's. Um, and some of the missionaries there that were there with um, Focus. Next, she got involved with a Bible study. Then she went on retreats. And it just kind of snowballed from there, and I, I really can't say that I had any any play in that because I just kind of kept going with whatever door opened. So it was definitely the Lord at that point. Yeah, it was definitely, looking back at it now, it was totally the Lord and um, His hand on everything. Mason wasn't invited to the church, but he felt drawn. And it's what he found when he got there that surprised him. Like I, I could, I could feel like you know, being called to the church. Just like I, could, looking back on it, that's what it totally was. Like I kept having moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna show up to mass. Like I'm just gonna go do this thing. Like, like kind of slowly, and it didn't really kind of turn into a more habitual behavior and a more like intentional behavior until about like six or so months, six or eight months ago, I would say. But um, St. Luke played a big part in that, and just the the culture of the the, the campus mis- like the campus um, Catholic presence at Grand Valley was kind of a, a big a big pull for me. If students have even just one person come up to them and say hello to ask them their name, that makes all the difference because they feel welcome. This is Anna Stankiewicz, the director of campus ministry at St. John Church and Student Center which serves the campus of her alma mater, Michigan State University. They feel that they have been seen, where again, at a lot of other places on campus or in a lot of different areas in their life, they might not have that experience of being really seen. I think a lot of times our students make their friends in the first couple of days that they're on campus, whether it's with their roommates and the people that are living on the same floor as them, um, or if it's with people in their major. And oftentimes they're making these friendships outside of the church, outside of Catholic community, which is not a bad thing. It's good to have friends in all these different walks of life um, because for most of us, at least while we are in college as well, we are called to live in the world as lay people. But I think a lot of times those friendships kind of hold students back from feeling like they can live their faith authentically, um, make them feel like they can't talk about it, like they can't explore it. And a lot of times um, what makes a difference is just having a friend that students feel comfortable around um, and to go to mass or to go to campus ministry events with. I think that sort of accompaniment makes all the difference. Part two, build. For students who make the plunge and get connected to their Catholic student body, it's not always a seamless switch from the noise of the campus. Their formation is absolutely key in being able to be resilient in the face of opposing ideologies. Yeah, it's definitely hard um, because it's just, there's so many different ideas that can be thrown around and um, are portrayed on a college campus. And especially at like the age that um, we're at, like out here, we're early 20s. Um, some of us like just like come straight out of high school. We know nothing other than our own thoughts and ideas. And, and when we're presented with all of these other um, 
views and, and ideas and things like that can be hard to kind of pick and choose what is real, what is true, what is good, what is bad. Um, and I think that's probably the hardest thing faith-wise because even if you grow up in the most firm household with a firm faith, um, it can it can be hard to stand firm in your beliefs when you have so many different ideas and so many different people telling you, oh, no, this could this is true and this is true and this is good and this isn't bad. Even if you are like firm in your faith, it's hard to kind of present your faith on college campuses nowadays because because of all the different ideas and everyone doesn't want want to hurt people with what they say, but it always seems like something can be said that is taken in a negative light. So we're almost told to kind of keep quiet, keep on the sidelines. So it's hard to feel proud and feel confident in your faith sometimes when um, when you might be nervous to show that, yeah, I'm Catholic or I go to mass on weekends, but um, that's definitely a grace that I've learned that can be overcome with the, with the Lord. So I think... For me, the model of faithful Catholics on a secular campus was really inspiring and is what really captured my attention, was seeing um, these upperclassmen who kind of took me under their wing when I was a new student, seeing how they still very much lived out their faith. They had these habits of attending daily mass, of daily personal prayer, of reading scripture, some of the things that I hadn't experienced before, some of them that I had. Um, I noticed that they were very joyful people and that they seemed to be able to not not get bogged down by the noisiness of campus and the world. And I was really inspired by that. And so that kind of set me on my own journey. For so many students, the experience of a student parish is the first time they've ever encountered a congregation of faith-filled peers. And it's from this unique congregation of campus outliers that a strengthening fellowship forms. I think a lot of times, too, um, Catholic students are coming from parishes where they don't see a lot of people their own age. And so to come to a Catholic student center or a Catholic student parish where it is majority, if not you know, solely college students, people their age, that is really striking to them. And so that sort of welcoming environment which I think we cultivate, especially at our um, daily masses. A couple times a week, we have what we fondly call our night masses. We have daily mass at a time that's convenient for students, late in the evening on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so you're not having people of all ages like you might at our Sunday mass times. And again, I think that just really forms a really welcoming environment when students see people their own age. Our campus mission is great. Like it's. Our campus minister is awesome, and um, like the the parish kind of because it is a parish and a university mission too, so it's kind of like like a two in one. But the the parish itself kind of rallies behind the students, and it's kind of I've never really seen anything like it before. Like back home, it's like you know just like your traditional Catholic parish, and like you know there's families and stuff like that. But like the families like that live in the area like really buy into like supporting the students, and it's just kind of like a cool I don't know that 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 kind of pulled me in initially. I was like. Wow, these people, these people like come here to to worship, but they're also just like so happy that there are like students around. And it's just, I don't know, it's just been such a great experience in that regard too. So we do a lot of social stuff. We, we use a lot of food. Um, we do have some solar panels, but but I'm proud to say we spend more on donuts for aftermath than we do on electricity. Um, uh, so we, we have a lot of food. Um, I inherited a beautiful tradition. Um, St. Al's is open 24-7. We don't ever lock the building. So students can come here literally um, anytime they want, and they do. 
you know, if you walk into the chapel at 2 a.m., it's not terribly uncommon to see a handful of students praying there. Um, uh, our, our parish hall is in many ways more of a living room, right? Um, it's not a, a place where people come, you know, kind of once a week, but it's a place where a lot of people spend time every day studying, um, uh, maybe cooking a meal with friends. Um, we try to do a lot of outdoor stuff, right? So we get out for hikes and, and canoeing trips and snowshoeing. Um, uh, you know, uh, we do some camping trips in the spring in particular. Uh, we only got 10 inches of snow during our spring camping trip last year. Um, uh, so we try to take advantage of just the, the incredible beauty of the outdoors. For Father Hass, they hope to draw students into friendships with many activities that serve as a stepping stone to the deeper events like adoration, retreats, and regular mass attendance. The beanbag tournaments, hikes, bonfires, and movie nights are all entry points to help students feel more confident with stepping into the Adoration Chapel for the first time, or signing up for a retreat, or committing to regular Mass attendance. I grew up in a Catholic household, and we attended Mass every Sunday on Holy Days of Obligation. We prayed together as a family and really lived out the faith in our home. But I didn't really take ownership of my faith for myself until I went to college. And actually, when I was attending Michigan State as a student, I knew that St. John Student Center was here, and I think I had kind of intended to go to Mass myself um, to kind of keep up that tradition of going on Sundays. But at that point, I was still just kind of doing it for my parents, you know, hoping to make them proud of me, just kind of doing what I'd always done. But I actually kind of stumbled into Catholic community and found a home here at St. John's. And so I quickly got involved beyond just attending Sunday Mass, joining small groups, women's groups, attending retreats, uh, participating in our Alternative Spring Break program, and basically taking advantage of the many opportunities that our Student Center offers here. So I got to be very involved in campus ministry, was really well-formed, by it, and that sort of led me to pursuing the career that I now have as a campus minister. Part three, send. This can't happen in a vacuum. Student parishes can be really rich, fulfilling places for students to grow their faith, but ideally it doesn't stop there. It blossoms. It creates little evangelists for Christ. It flowers into an adult faith that is shared upon graduation and sustains them through the rest of their lives. That was the case for Mason. I emailed Kristen, our faith formation director, and I was like, hey, how do I, like, I just felt so nervous about it, but then I was like, all right, I'm going to send this email and just be like, how do I become Catholic? It's basically what I said. And it was, it, I, know that's not, I don't know. <laughs> that's not like the right thing to say or the wrong thing to say, but I was just like, hey, I know this is, I know this is how this process works because I read up on like RCIA and, and adult conversion and stuff like that. And like, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to do starting RCIA in January. So we'll be baptized and, and, uh, and all that in this coming Easter. So it's been a long, it's been a long journey, but we made it. So, you know, we, I figured out, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I figured it out on my own, which is even that much more special and like wonderful. He has since seen his faith affecting his sister who goes to Grand Valley now and even his parents when he visits home. But um, even since I've started going to church, like I've seen and, and go, going back to mass and, and being involved in, in the parish community and stuff like that, I've seen like something like reawaken in my parents about it, 
which is really kind of beautiful. Like we, we pray at dinner when I'm home now. Like we, we do these things that we, you know, probably should have been doing, but like now we're doing again or doing for the first time or, or more consistently, which is, which is beautiful. And, and I've had my younger sister like say like, hey, what time is mass? Can I come with you? And, and it's like kind of, it's finding its way, like faith is finding its way back into our family again. Um, just because I decided, I, not just because I did that, but like, you know, that was, I feel like a catalyst and, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing, you know. For those who are planning to attend college in the near future or currently attending and wish they could make some changes, here's some advice from our interviewees. Yeah, I think maybe one, one other thing to add is I just really encourage students to get involved to actually try, um, you know, attending an event or a regularly meeting group. It's not, you know, like they have to commit to something, which I think is often what students, you know, feel they'll have to do when they when they try something new or when they get involved in a church activity. And also just that it's good to, at the very least, know their spiritual resources. I think that's something that I, I had written about in that um, that article, but knowing your spiritual resources, whether it is, you know, a Catholic student center um, or, you know, if it's just a local parish, if that's really the only resource you have next to your campus, which for some students it is, knowing where those things are in the event that you do need them or do suddenly want them um, is is really important. The one thing that I think I've learned um, since like being at Grand Valley and, and especially like from my friends and from the campus ministry um, at Grand Valley, um, like your relationship with the Lord is very personal. So sometimes it can be hard if your family has their own relationship with the Lord and their own relationship with the faith to kind of go out on your own and experience it, and experience it for your own. Um, that would be like my first bit of advice. If you can go to Mass by yourself, don't be intimidated by that. Go to Mass, experience it for yourself, experience what Mass is like on your own. Go to adoration by yourself, spend that one-on-one time with the Lord. And then beyond that, we, we are made for community, we are made for to be loved and to be with other people. So beyond that, find other people who are like-minded in that sense and just continue to go. Continue to go, it, it will benefit you, you will feel so much happiness and joy because that is where the Lord is at, is in that community. But also don't be afraid to um, like go to Mass and experience these things individually because our relationship with the Lord is very individual and personal. And you just, you need to take that first step and it might be uncomfortable, but it is so, so worth it once you do. Listen to the call, like, like you're, <laughs> I, I was being called four years ago to, to, to come to church and to like, to come home and, and be with, I, that's I, I, so I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it kind of did feel like a homecoming, like almost because like it was weird because I was still figuring out, you know, like, is this for me? But that was only like a short period before it just felt right, like being there and being with everyone. And and I don't know, it was, it was just surreal. So like, just just trust, trust that voice in your head that that's telling you to do it, because there's a reason why there's a reason why that's there, you know? Numbers may paint a dismal story of sending students away to college to lose their faith, but the truth lies where it always does, in the seemingly impossible, the implausible, the hopeless situations. Somewhere, there's a candlelit chapel, 
brimming with faithful, joyful students and Christ. It may even be made of ice. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thinking about the probability of dying is something that none of us wants to face. No matter what we do, all of us will pass away one day. Preparing now is a great way to help our loved ones during their grieving process and ensure our final wishes are followed. Our caring friends at the Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services can help you. Visit cfcsdetroit.org or call 734-285-2155.